Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football is back in the Mile High City. Week one of the regular season is here. Welcome to Broncos on the Rocks. I am your host, Luke Patterson, presented to you by Mile High Report. And the Oakland Raiders right now are dominating the headlines for all the wrong reasons. You guessed it, Antonio Brown. Uh, It's being speculated right now by multiple sources throughout the league that Antonio Brown will be suspended for the very beginning of of the NFL season, namely Broncos v Raiders on Monday night. So that is a huge, huge advantage for the Denver Broncos. Antonio Brown is arguably, if not the best player in the league at his position. And to not have the best wide receiver in all of football out there on opening night is huge. Now, I know Chris Harris Jr. is probably probably isn't too happy about it. I know that some of the Broncos, especially in the secondary, probably aren't too happy about it. But overall, this is a huge win for the Broncos. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to win this game. That just means advantage goes to Denver in that little bit of AB being suspended. Now, what do the Broncos need to do to win this game? Well, they need to run the ball. The Broncos have got to establish a running game. In my opinion, that's why offensive Rich Gangarello was brought into Denver. He is a product 
of the Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan system. And that system, we know there's a ton of zone running. The running schemes are all are mostly zone-based, helping the offensive line bust some holes open for those running backs, allowing for cutbacks. There's a lot of play actions, a lot of bootlegs, and there's a lot of motions within the personnel sets and the different formations that are ultimately going to be thrown out there. Now, I'm looking at keeping it simple. Rich Gangarello, keep it very simple. I know that you don't have Andy Janovich back there, and that's probably driving you nuts because I would love to have him in just the power eye formation. I love the old school running days of just running ahead. You know, Mike Alstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers style. And we're going to have to wait a little bit on that before Andy Janovich is back on the field. But for me, that battering ram right now, it's Royce Freeman. That's why he was brought here. Royce Freeman is a banger. And he should be able to get in between the tackles and have some nasty, nasty games. For the Raiders, I'd like to see him utilized a lot more than he was last year. When you start to look at his numbers in 2018, they're absolutely shocking at how much he was underutilized. Now, I know a lot of people want to quickly point out that Philip Lindsay, Pro Bowl running back, first Pro Bowl running back that was undrafted, you know, he's getting the lion's shares of that, uh, the lion's share of that, and that's why some of those numbers are down. But what if I told you that in 2018, Royce Freeman was averaging 9.3 rushing attempts per game? On those 9.3 rushing attempts, he's looking at approximately 37.2 yards per game. I'm looking for that to change, and I'm looking for it to start to change on Monday night. Now, ideally, I would love for Freeman to have between 17 and 23 carries. I want him to be your featured running back in this offense. I'm looking for a 100-yard game with one touchdown. I think that would be a very strong start for the sophomore running back in this NFL that's not going to have a sophomore slump. I've been on record saying it. I think he's going to take a huge leap this year. This scheme with Rich Gangarello fits his talent a lot better than Bill Musgrave's scheme last year in the putrid offense that was the 2018 Denver Broncos. Now, I know a lot of people probably a little concerned. What's that mean for Philip Lindsay? What are you going to do for Philip Lindsay? Well, I don't want Philip Lindsay to be a banger. I don't want him to go between the tackles all the time. I don't need him in a power eye formation. I don't need him on pass blocking either. Philip Lindsay is a playmaker. He's a valuable asset. He's so valuable that the Broncos need to try to limit his exposure. And what I mean by that is when you have him on the field, play him to his strengths. The Atlanta Falcons, that very first Hall of Fame game, uh, we saw him in the shotgun. And in in that shotgun, he was pass pro for Joe Flacco and absolutely got stoned in the mouth by a blitzing linebacker. And that it was all Phil could do just to get in the way before Joe Flacco took a, you know, a push instead of a hit and overthrew the ball to Cortland Sutton on what should have been a Denver Broncos touchdown. Now, I don't need him pass blocking. I don't need little Philip Lindsay pass blocking. I need little Philip Lindsay in the end zone big time because the guy is dynamic and he's a scorer. And I don't need him getting smacked in the mouth by a linebacker on pass pro or running the ball up the middle. Philip Lindsay can be utilized in slot positions. He can be utilized for his his pass catching ability. The guy runs nice routes. He's got some of the best feet in the NFL. 
He's agile. He's quick. He's smart. He recognizes tendencies. I'm looking for him to be a playmaker on this team. And Philip Lindsay does not need to be tied down to a specific label of running back. Now, Devontae Booker, I don't know how he's still on the team. The guy's forever a Denver Bronco, I guess. He's an eternal Denver Bronco. We just, we can't get rid of him. He's just for, he's here to set, he's here to stay. I mean, I just, I don't get it. He makes the team every year. Um, so I'm just looking for him to spell Royce Freeman, really. Theo Reddick is obviously hurt right now, so we're not going to see him. But look for Royce Freeman to be that banger. Look for that, you know, tough three to four yards per run. I want to see that. I want to see old school running. Because what does old school running do in the system? It sets up the pass. It gives guys confidence. And right now, this offensive line needs that confidence. Running the ball has the ability to camouflage a lot of weaknesses on your offensive line. I think the biggest offensive line hole right now is at left tackle. Garrett Bowles has underperformed, to say the least. I straight up called him a bust last year in an article on fan shots before I joined the Mile High Report staff. I I just straight up called him a bust. He's the most penalized offensive lineman in the league. Um, That even goes back to his college days. I mean, the guy hasn't played that much football, and it's not – an athletic thing. The guy is so athletic. I just don't know if he's a football player. I don't know if he's an offensive lineman. But Bill Munchak, or Mike Munchak, excuse me. Mike Munchak was brought in to fix this guy, to fix this offensive line. And by running the ball, Garrett Bowles is not exposed for his bad pass sets. Pass pro is no longer an issue. Holding can be camouflaged when you're in a big group. There's holding on every play in the NFL. You also have a rookie guard. Colorado, Wiggins' own, Dalton Reisner, starting left guard. Uh, I would say he's your best offensive lineman on the entire team right now, and he's a rookie from Kansas State. Uh, the fact that the Denver Broncos drafted him, I think, is just such a testament to John Elway recognizing his talent and being able to go get him. That was absolutely huge. Now, Dalton Reiser, he's still a rookie, and this is going to be a big game for him. This is what he's worked his whole life for, and he hates the Raiders. He'll be the first to tell you that. He understands the significance of this Broncos-Raiders game. He grew up to be a Raider hater his whole life, and this game means so much for this rookie left guard. Running the ball, that's going to set up his confidence that, yes, I can play in this league, yes, I can develop, and yes, I can move another man against his will. And the same is going to go for Noah Fant. Noah Fant, a lot of people don't recognize how good of a run blocker Noah Fant truly is. Dallas Clark has been on record calling him a dog in the run blocking game former product of Iowa, and um, I saw it myself out in training camp. I would argue that Noah Fant had a better training camp in terms of run blocking than he did running routes, catching passes, or being a red zone threat. That's going to give that young man confidence he can play in this league. He's a big player. He can be physically dominant. It's going to allow this offensive line under Mike Munchak to become a little more cohesive. The offensive line and the running backs and Joe Flacco are going to be able to start to set the pace as they continue to run this ball. They're going to be able to manage the clock. 
they're going to also be able to eliminate some of the really bad snaps that we've seen from from Connor McGovern. And I think that this is going to be an issue the Broncos are going to continue to see. I just don't think Connor McGovern's the center. Connor McGovern is a guard, and I know he's played center for the Broncos. He's dabbled all over the offensive line throughout his career. But the guy's a guard, and when you can't snap, you can't snap. Running the ball allows Joe Flacco to be under center a little bit more. It eliminates that possibility of Connor Connor uh, McGovern oversnapping the ball. So you're camouflaging so many weaknesses and so many concerns from your offensive line, and you're spinning it in another direction where you're actually giving them confidence, where you're actually allowing them to set the tempo. You're allowing them to bully the other team. You're giving them an opportunity to forge an identity of a tough, nasty unit. And that's what this offensive line has got to become. Now, when you look at the new quarterback, Joe Flacco, what is life going to look like for him in a Broncos uniform? We're going to find out Monday night. I'm not looking for the big bombs. I hate to tell you. I'm not looking for him and Emmanuel Sanders to have a 60-yard touchdown. I'm not looking for it. I'm looking for Joe Flacco to be efficient, cerebral, and to manage this game. I believe that this running game should put Joe Flacco in a a good position where he's going to be able to convert third downs. He's going to be able to start reading defenses. He's going to be able to start manipulating some coverages, i.e., that's when Phillip Lindsay comes in. But I also need to see Cortland Sutton. He's talked about being the number one receiver all offseason. It's time to put up, man. A wise friend once told me, you're going to talk about it, you're going to be about it. And right now, he needs to be about it. Because number 10 is still the number one receiver for the Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders has not missed a beat. He is coming back from that injury, and he looks better than ever. Achilles. I mean, he looks absolutely better than ever. We also saw that he had another surgery that was worked on. I believe it was an ankle that nobody really even knew about. And the guy has just, he, he hasn't missed a beat. It's a contract year for him. This is going to be huge. I think that his veteran knowledge of route running, reading defensive backs, and just playing games is going to mean so much in developing a chemistry with Joe Flacco. That being said, there seems to be so many quotes and there seems to be so many references from Rich Gangarello and the coaching staff that, you know, we're getting there. We're trying to get there. It's a work in progress. The offense is a work in progress. And it's looked very lackluster, especially in training camp, especially in the preseason. So I'm not expecting the Broncos offense to go out there and just score a million points and be the record-setting offense of the Peyton Manning days. That's not what I'm expecting. That change does not happen overnight. But when you start to work and you start to grind and you start to grit, you form an identity. That's what running the ball is going to do for you. Joe Flacco is a competent quarterback, folks. In Joe Flacco, you have a Super Bowl winning MVP. The Baltimore Ravens absolutely made, I think, a wrong decision uh, going to Lamar Jackson, who couldn't seem to throw a pass at all in the playoff game against the Los Angeles Chargers last year while Joe Flacco sat there helpless on the sidelines. 
Joe Flacco is out for some get back. And just because he's not a rah-rah guy, that doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. Joe Flacco came here to play ball, and Joe Flacco came here to win. He's tasted it. He's tasted the Super Bowl. And once you taste it, you want another one. Vaughn wants another one. Joe wants another one. Chris wants another one. Derek Wolf wants another one. Emmanuel wants another one. Brandon McManus wants another one. And Brandon McManus, he very well could be the offensive MVP this year uh, with the way the offense has been looking. But I believe if Rich Gangarello can keep this offense simple, run the ball, be efficient in third down, then the Broncos offense is going to be able to do a lot. And they're going to be able to do a lot of work against this Oakland Raiders team. And they're going to be able to learn a lot about themselves. And I think they're going to surprise themselves a little bit. The offense has been bad for so long that it's time for them to break out of the funk. They owe it to themselves, and they owe it to the Broncos because after back-to-back losing seasons, it's time to start winning. Let's look at the defense. We know that uh, Antonio Brown is not going to be out there, so that's automatically a huge win for this new-look secondary with the likes of Chris Harris Jr., uh, Bryce Callahan, of course, the... Welcomed edition, free agent edition from Vic Fangio's Chicago Bears. Kareem Jackson, uh, the welcome edition safety from the Houston Texans. And then you've got Justin Simmons. And when I look at Justin Simmons, the guy was out of control in training camp. The guy has just got such an edge to him right now. He, He must have had seven or eight interceptions that I saw in training camp alone. He's playing smart. He's a very cerebral player. And there seems to be so much potential for Justin Simmons this year. I think Ed Donatel and him work very well together. They're, they really stress the small details with Justin Simmons and the whole secondary unit. And I think Broncos country is going to be able to see that. That's going to translate to better fundamentals. At Vic Fangio, it was one of the first things he said. The Broncos need better fundamentals. And one thing that I saw in training camp, and at times in the preseason you saw it, but other times you didn't, um, there's been a huge implementation of how to tackle. With the way that practices run now, guys aren't going to the ground. You want to keep your players up. And a lot of times you see players going for the big hit, and they miss. And that miss allows the other team to have a huge play. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Fundamental tackling, wrapping up. That's something that I think you're going to be able to expect a lot from these defensive backs, especially when they're going against a heavy running back in Josh Jacobs. I mean, I'm not saying I'm looking for Justin Simmons to go one-on-one with Josh Jacobs from the Raiders, um, but I know that he can tackle him and he can bring him down. And it, it reminds me a lot of the fundamentals, of course, of Champ Bailey. Even when he was oversized or undersized, you know, one-on-one on a guy, he was always able to twist and wrap up 
and had those fundamentals. And it's going to be an exciting secondary to see. I mean, Chris Harris Jr., Bryce Callahan, Isaac Yadam, I'm expecting him to have a huge jump this year. And I think the biggest thing for Isaac Yadam, and I don't know if it happens to you guys, but for me, I'm used to seeing him in that 41 that he wore last year, and now he's 26. And 26 is just a haunted number from Raheem Moore and that miracle in the Mile High City with Joe Flacco and all that bad stuff. But we don't want to talk about any of that. I think Isaac Yadam is going to go ahead and have a good year. I think that he is setting himself up to be a decent player and take that next step in his career. And that's the expectation. Because if he doesn't, it's going to be next man up. I don't think that Vic Fangio is going to be in the babysitting business. I don't think he's going to be in the... Um, I'm going to hold your hand for six years and then see if you're a developed business. If you're not getting the job done, Vic Fangio is going to find someone else who will. It's that simple. You've got the new cornerback that they just traded for. Uh, I believe his name's Duke Johnson from the New England Patriots. What's he going to look like? We haven't even seen him in a Denver Bronco uniform. That was a huge surprise, I think, for Broncos country, um, just because we didn't really see it coming. Um, the Broncos effectively, you know, got a corner that they didn't think was going to cl- clear the waiver wires, so they decided to trade for him. And um, the film that I see on the young player, he, he looks pretty decent, um, but it- it's still going to be one of those things we're going to have to see. That's all it's time that he doesn't have exposure to this team. He's going to be putting on shoulder pads for the Denver Broncos for the very first time. And that's something that um, I think Bronco fans just have to be patient with a little bit. I think that he's going to be able to translate that Bill Belichick system into Vic Fangio a little bit. I mean, they run different defenses, but... Um, Duke Dawson is a very intelligent player. Um, I know that a lot of people I really respect had a third round grade on him and he was taken at the bottom of the second round and he was a decent prospect. And, um, I do apologize. I said Duke Johnson, of course, for running back. Um, no, this is Duke Dawson, um, cornerback from the New England Patriots that the Denver Broncos have acquired. So you've got a whole new secondary that I'm really looking forward to seeing now, Good luck to the Oakland Raiders tackles, Colton Miller and Trent Brown. I know Trent Brown, they seem to think the world of him, but I think those tackles are absolutely going to have their hands full with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Now, um, we saw what Vic Fangio could do with Khalil Mack in Chicago last year, and now he's got himself a couple of pass rushers that are just waiting waiting to go and work with the quote evil genius so i'm excited to see that we finally get to see it bradley chubb had a monster rookie year everyone's expecting more from bradley chubb this year what's he gonna look like is von miller gonna bounce back and be himself a little bit more seemed to take on a lot more chips last year from tight ends a lot more double teams things of that nature and didn't quite seem himself uh at times he admitted to be somewhat of a selfish player Uh, specifically setting that sack record and he had an off year and I'm willing to just kind of scrap that start fresh and Vic Fangio's pretty much challenged Vaughn since the very beginning and 
right now the thought process is Vic Fangio is going to make this defense absolutely nasty. In fact, USA Today's uh, Steve Ruiz came out with a recent article ranking the Broncos as the number two defense in the NFL um, under the New England Patriots. And a lot of that speculation is specifically because of your pass rushers and Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller. And that proof is in the pudding, folks. Defense still wins championships. Uh, You look at the Super Bowl last year between the Los Angeles Rams and the New England Patriots, and I know a lot of people that called that game absolutely terrible and boring, but that was old-school football. And that defensive scheme, that came from Vic Fangio. Bill Belichick has since admitted that he used a lot of the same tendencies that Fangio used, and uh, the proof is in the pudding. Vic Fangio is very well-respected around the league. Um he has a very signature way of connecting with his players and pushing his players. And for him to come in day one and push Von Miller and inspire him to try to be better. And uh, Vic Fangio is not necessarily the guy that gives out compliments. You know, when I'm seeing him at the mic and we're at the press conferences out in training camp and things like that, he's not just giving guys compliments left and right. You have to really do something for him to you know, name you by name um, for that recognition. And I think that's going to connect really well, especially with Von Miller, because Von Miller's not a rah-rah guy either. And he's a cerebral pass rusher. Bradley Chubb has just learned so much in one year. He feels like he can take his game to a whole new level. And that's talking about the pass rushers in the secondary. Now, let's look at the interior. I know there's a lot of concern with Todd Davis and the inside linebackers. Um, That's going to have to be something that is monitored. It really is. Todd Davis, uh, I was there when he got hurt that very first day of training camp, and it was a huge setback for the Denver Broncos linebacking core. But I do believe they have comparable linebackers in there. I think that Josie Jewell is going to be able to take that step up this year. I think that... Um, there's some prospects uh, for the linebackers, even on the practice squad. I was happy to see that Josh Watson made it, the young CSU linebacker. I mean, he got some props from from Vic Fangio at at times, you know, this preseason. So uh, the interior defensive line—that's what I want to look at. Now I'm looking. I'm talking guys like Shelby Harris, who has seemed to take a massive jump in one off season. Uh, you know, you've got your your bookmark defensive ends with Derek Wolf and Adam Gottis, and I'm looking for this defensive line to get a lot of interior pressure. Uh, a lot of the defensive line, Derek Wolf has said that he likes the different mixing up of of play calling that Vic Fangio is doing right now on defense. He likes the ability to have some different stunts, to have a little more freedom, and that's on the defensive line now. Von Miller has always given so much credit to Derek Wolf for all of his success uh, getting those sacks. For each sack that Von gets, he counts it for Derek too. And that's something that I think you're going to see that's very indicative of Shelby Harris this year. I think you look at Shelby Harris and he's going to just dominate that inside. I'm looking for an inside push. You, you want to be able to clog those A gaps and B gaps. And I think this defensive line is going to be able to do that. And that's very exciting. I think that's going to make up for some of those inside linebacking woes. 
But right now, that's kind of what we're looking at as as the Denver Broncos get ready to battle the Oakland Raiders. Um, the great news is training camp's over, preseason's over. It's it's time. The stadium finally has a name. It's gonna it looks like Empower Field at Mile High. Um, that's gonna be a little bit odd, but we're just gonna have to go with it. Everybody's gonna call it Mile High. It is what it is. Um, you also look at some of the other news around the Denver Broncos, obviously with the Bill Bolin um, disposition against the trust of the Denver Broncos that was dropped. And um, it's assumed that Brittany Bolin will start the process of succeeding her late father, Mr. Pat Bolin, in working with the team as set in the requirements of the trust. Now, Bottom line, I said it a little earlier in the show, the Denver Broncos don't win this game. It's going to be an absolute embarrassment. The Oakland Raiders are a joke. Um, they're a circus. There's a reason they're on HBO Hard Knocks. Um, I'm more interested in the football side of things, the X's and O's, than all this drama that's A-B. And that distraction has got to be such a, such a cloud of poison. That's hanging over that franchise right now. That I don't, I don't see any way that the Denver Broncos lose to this team unless they show up and they just decide to be checked out because one player's not playing. You better believe that Vic Fangio, in his very first NFL game, he's going to want to get that victory, and that victory is going to be his. Right now, as it sits, I've got the Denver Broncos winning a very low-scoring game in terms of offense. I've got them winning 17 to 10. Uh, I think that you're going to see the Denver Broncos move the ball as they've demonstrated a little bit in the preseason and in training camp, but they struggle when they get in the red zone. So whether that be Noah Fant that needs to step up, that's why he was drafted here, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Deshaun Hamilton, there are a ton of options ton of offensive weapons but the denver broncos need to start to put it together they can do that beginning on monday night thank you guys so much for joining me here on this first edition of broncos on the rocks i am luke patterson saying always believe in mile high magic